This is Josh Mills. And Jordan is back again. Again. And this is Acquired Tastings. We are very happy to have you guys with us on a beer week. Woo! Jordan is happy to be back on a beer week. I mean, after it's not like you have had bad podcasts that you've been on while, while Dad's been gone. We've done Oktoberfest, did a really great high-low liquor. You were around for the, the wine, but you weren't a huge I drank fan. after the fact of the podcast being completed. Yeah, and and now we're here for beer. And guess what, Jordan? Dad's going to be sad because we are doing Belgian Dark Strong Ales this time. We've got two of them, two really good ones. We've got an American one, and we've got a true Belgian one. The first one we have is the North Coast Brewing Brother Thelonious Belgian Abbey Ale. And the other one we have, the Belgian one we have, is the Chamonix Blue or the Chamonix Grand Reserve, which is a big bar staple. And then we have a another a single smorgasbord plate again today. We have some beef meatballs with roasted garlic mashed potatoes. We have a little charcuterie set up with some prosciutto, some sopressata, goat cheese, and then the coastal English cheddar that we've had before. Such good cheddar, too. Oh, yeah. I'm excited about that with the beers. And then we also, to close it out, we have some coffee macarons. So it's going to be going to be a great tasting don't you think jordan i do so before we get going last week we talked about our and i had seth barlow on from the arkansas democrat gazette wine writer and just also a good friend and friend of the podcast we had a wonderful blind it was nice and it was red and i got down that it was a beaujolais and seth left it here for us to Say and it was the Domaine Shingard Julian Ass from Beaujolais, so 2018. So I got it right, yay! I mean, it's one of my favorite grapes in the world, so I should be able to get it right. And Jordan is back to her dancing antics, so we know it's going to be a great podcast. Well, Jordan, are you ready to start drinking? Uh, is that even a logical question? Uh, yes. So the answer is, of course. All right, so let's go ahead and get into it. We're going to start with the Brother Thelonious from North Coast Brewing, and it is so yummy. What are you smelling over there? So many good things, and I will narrow it down here in a minute, but I just love to bury my nose into this beer and sniff deeply. It's just so beautiful and complex. You know, it reminds me of a barrel room, that like underground cave wood yummy smell or even just like a barrel house that's like a bur- in, in a distillery lots of wood some earthiness i love the smell of dirt anybody that knows me knows i love dirt <laughs> yeah and it does have that beautiful earthy almost kind of like a musty flavor musty smell but not bad musty not like no. black mold musty yeah like good good smell oh, old old that old kind of smell there's some like tropical. There's some lighter tropical notes in there, but I think that's just like a yeast, kind of like we talked about during the liquor podcast. I get a little bit of caramel in there, but not, not super strong. But just this like light hint of when caramel starts to cook and turn, and the smell really comes out. Yeah, but it hasn't gotten all the way there. Mm-hmm. And I get just a little hint of that, which means it might be time to start making caramels, or maybe that's just my. Inside being like, all right, it's time. The weather's cooling. 
Yeah. Get out your pan. I mean, this is definitely lovely. Like, you can drink this year-round, but this is beer that really matches fall weather. But I'm going to go ahead and taste it now. We're chit-chatting. Man, there's like no bitterness on that. It's rich. It's malty. It's got that like good like rye bread sweetness. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's very good. So, I mean, once again, so our our the food that we have this week, we've got a beef meatball, we've got some garlic mashed potatoes, a little charcuterie board of mixed stuff, and then some coffee macarons. So, Jordan, go ahead and get started. Now we've talked about we've talked about North Coast Brewing here before on the podcast where, I mean, it was actually when you were on because we did the barrel-aged Old Rasputin number 20 or 21, one of the two. I believe it was 20, but I could be mistaken. I'd have to double check myself on that. Yeah, so, and I think Dad and I have also talked about Old Rasputin. Dad has actually been to the brewery there in North Coast, which is, you know, north of, it's north in Northern California. It's up there in Northern California, I think just north of San Francisco, if I'm not mistaken. But it's a it's a brewery that's on my list to definitely go to. Most of the time when I go out to California in that area, it's wine country time, but it would be good to hit North Coast as like a break from from wine country to get their good beer. So this this beer is a Belgian Abbey Ale, and they're, they're called Strong Ales, or Dark Airs, because this is really, really like that red mahogany wood like a good cherry wood kind of color. All these beers are going to be up there in alcohol. If you remember back to when we talked, when we did a Belgian beer podcast, we talked about the regular, like the pale ales, the triples, the Belgian quads, and kind of how, how that stacks up. And basically what they're doing is they're giving more malt, more body to make it a heartier ale that's going to be higher in alcohol and which will last longer. And this one is so good. It actually rains it at nine nine and a half percent. Nine maybe. four according to the label. But it does not drink. No. Like a nine four. And another thing I love about this beer is they actually donate to the jazz program of the Thelonious Monk Institute of Jazz for every bottle of Brother T sold. So Yeah. Because they're huge jazz fans, so that's just kind of cool that they donate a little bit of every bottle back into that program. And I love Thelonious Monk. He was a great, great jazz musician. You know this, and I don't think I've talked about it a whole lot on the podcast, but I love good jazz music. And I get a lot of people, especially our age, grew up on elevator jazz or Kenny G and all that smooth hits. I'm thinking. I'm trying to think back what it was in Kansas City. I think it was like Smooth '95 was smooth jazz, and it was that background noise at parties. Like you just put that on, and you know, I know my parents went to Kenny G concerts, <laughs> but that's not the kind of jazz I'm talking about. No, we're talking good old New Orleans jazz. Ah, talking New Orleans jazz. We're talking. The birth of cool, Mr. Mouth Davis himself, Thelonious Monk, Charles Mingus, you know, Johnny Coltrane, um, Art Blakey. Like we're talking the old the the good that good nineteen, you know, four like nineteen twenties to like nineteen late nineteen sixties, nineteen seventies jazz. And if you've ever seen the movie La La Land, that's the kind of jazz that we're talking about that he loves. Yes. And 
it is really cool. It's it's a fantastic beer, but I love buying this beer because it also does give back. Now, a cool thing about what we're doing today and a lot of these Belgian style abbeys, abbey ales, is they're served in large format bottles. And both of the bottles that we're having today, you can check it out on Instagram. Remember, we're at Acquired Tastings, are large format bottles as, as they dance across Jordan's view. I think these are. This is a 750 yeah, on yeah, the Brother of Thelonious. They're 750, so standard wine bottle size. And it's common for these type of beers to be sold in that kind of container. And also, not crown cap, but cork. Both of these were actually cork. Mm-hmm. So you've been snacking while I've been chit-chatting. So tell me what you think so far while I eat. So, so far, all I've really gotten into is the meatball and then a little bit of the mashed potatoes because you put mashed potatoes in front of me and... Girl goes to town. Going to town. Love mashed potatoes. It's one of my comfort foods. I can eat mashed potatoes at any day, time, or hour. And I have been known to eat mashed potatoes at 3 a.m. How does the beer go with them? You know, it's both solid. Neither of them are really jumping at me as something fantastic. Mm -hmm. And these are really good meatballs, but I didn't make them myself, so I might be a little bit biased. (laughs) Yeah, you are usually a little bit biased when it comes to that. These were made from Whole Foods, both the mashed potatoes and the meatball. It was a good little pickup. But you know, for we're actually recording this on a Monday. We usually record on Sundays. But for a good, easy after work pickup, and I think they spent maybe 10 minutes in the oven to heat them up. They're actually, I mean, like you said, they're solid. They're nothing, they're nothing super special, especially if you make your own meatballs. But for an easy weeknight pickup, it's, it's totally solid. Now, they're all beef. I think that's one thing that's maybe catching us because I think you use both beef and pork. I do. And sometimes if you can find it, ground veal. So I think that kind of changes the flavor. But like I was saying, for a, an easy weeknight pickup for, I think, I think I paid for like three and they're big meatballs and like two scoops of their mashed potato. I think it was total like $10, $12 before tax. Yeah. Which is good. But I kind of get what you're saying. It doesn't really jump with the beer. Beer's solid. Food's solid. But they're not really singing together. I'm not getting any of that like, aha, every time I want to drink this beer, I want to make sure that this particular food yeah. is sitting in front of me. Especially, at least the mashed potatoes. It kind of highlights the sweetness of the beer. Like yeah. it come That sweetness comes out a lot more. And I'm really, really noticing, like how you said, caramel. In the smell, I'm really kind of tasting that now in the beer. It's like you're good. It's not quite like a sea salt caramel or caramel, 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 or something like that. <laughs> but it's almost like those chocolate caramels that you make mm-hmm. that have that extra, like it's not as sweet, but it's got bit of that light bitterness to it. That, that kind of what that reminds me of. Those are delicious. Yes, they are. And I'm glad it's almost time for you to start making those again. I had the prosciutto with it and it was kind of salty. Like it didn't, it kind of didn't really play well. And I was kind of expecting it to, being a good meat. I thought the prosciutto would play well, but maybe the sweet copla might have played better. It might have, yeah. And now we are both. But now Jordan and I head into the cheese world. And it might be silent for a second (laughs) because we are eating, both eating the coastal cheddar right now. Oh, that cheese is just so good. (laughs) 
I guess I know I need to try it with the beer. That's the whole point of this. But by itself, that cheese is just so delightful. Yeah. And remember, that's the we're, that's the coastal English cheddar uh, that we got from Sam's. Costco. No, Costco. I always want to say Sam's, but that's just the Arkansas slip up. So what what did you think with it? You know, for as salty as that cheddar is, and I love it, it doesn't come across that salty with the beer. It actually, to me, brings out some of those sweeter notes in the beer. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's delicious. Yeah, I love that together. Me too. There's just enough earthiness in that cheese to kind of lift up the beer a little bit. The salt isn't too, too heavy. It plays really, really well. And like so far, that's been that's been lights out. That's my favorite so far of the things we have on the plate. I'm about to. I just grabbed a little bit of goat cheese. Mm, goat cheese. And I'm not even putting this on a cracker. I'm just straight going to eat some goat cheese with my fingers. So, speaking of the goat cheese, if you remember two weeks ago when Dave Dave was talking about the drinking game to go along with the podcast, so he sent me the list of stuff. And I may have to put it out this week. But one thing that he missed was goat cheese. (laughs) He did not put anything about there being goat cheese. He talked about duck, any mention of ham, Trader Joe's. Something was from Trader Joe's. Carbonic maceration is is mentioned. I'm really shocked, though, he didn't have goat cheese. Just Uh, because I know how often goat cheese makes an appearance, even when I'm not on the podcast. But I know that it's an easy thing that goes really well with a lot of different alcohols. Right. And and Dad and I love it. And it's loved by Mr. John and Josh. And it's easy. Pick mm-hmm. up a log. Mm-hmm. You know. And you can, we haven't even done stuff like that that makes it so that you can do with it. Take some like honey, pour it on top with some almonds or some kind of syrup or free like like get it really cold roll it in some herbs like you oh we should do that with herbs to provence oh my gosh that would be so good another thing that i love to do with goat cheese and i know you're not a huge watermelon fan but a bite of watermelon with just a little bit of goat cheese and a balsamic reduction on top i can see that plays very very well together haven't tried it with too many alcohols, but just in general. And it's a really easy, and I know we're in the winter, but I like to think that warmer days are coming. Right. And it's a really great, easy appetizer or just a snack for the summers too. Yeah. And any any kind of briny, salty cheese would work there because I've seen it with feta before. Yes. And I've even seen some people like toss some herbs on top of it, like some shredded basil mm-hmm. or even like tarragon. Yep. I've heard another one. What do you think of that pairing, the goat cheese? I know that's going to be a terrible sound on the mic. Sorry, but I'm getting the goat cheese. I'm kind of sucking on it to really get it to coat my mouth. Because goat cheese, yes, it's got a distinct flavor, but it's one of those that it also can get washed out very quickly. So I wanted to yeah. really kind of get that good coating. I'm not wild about that. I'm not a fan either. It brings out like a bitterness in the beer that does not have bitterness to it. Yeah, it's like if you were to take this style of beer and try and poorly hop it to make it like a like a hoppy beer, it would 
it would just kind of like it just it doesn't go well. It's like it's discord. So we're talking about jazz. It's discord, but it's not good jazz discord. It's like everybody in the band hit a wrong note in the in a separate key, and it just it just was bad. It was bad, bad. <laughs> like that's the first time I think I've had goat cheese go so poorly with something. Yeah, because usually it goes so well. Yeah, but that one just no. Do you remember your first experience with this beer? Maybe. I have a guess at where it happened. It probably happened at Flying Saucer um, during my first or second plate, but that's probably about all I could tell you. Yeah. Do you remember? Was it was it bottle format, or did you were you able to get it on draft? I've actually never been able to find this beer on draft. Okay. I'd love to. Yeah. But also a lot of these specific type of beers are hard to find on draft. Mm-hmm. I found the one you brought on draft before. The Yeah, the Chamonix. Yeah. A lot of these beers just are not done that way. Or if they are, they don't get, distri- like the kegs don't get distributed as far as Arkansas. Yeah, or even if like they would get here, people aren't going to buy it because this is not a popular style of beer around here. Especially in the summer. And there's so much, in the winter, there's so much, fall and winter, uh, to me, there's a lot of seasonal rotators that pe- a lot of people go after. It was, I think it, like, these kind of beers get lost to me. And these type of beers also get lost just, like we've talked about before, in the craft beer boom. It happens to me, too. Like, I figured these are going to be there no matter what. So I'm like, oh, what's the new Oktoberfest you got? Oh, you're putting out porters. Now let me go get that. 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 And then I forget about beers like Brother Thelonious, St. Bernardus ABG 12. Like those just standard Belgian style beers that just are always there. They're always there, but you don't think about it because you want the new, the different, the seasonal things. And I mean, I'm as guilty as anybody. What's your new I love stouts and porters. Mm-hmm. Never kept that a secret. You know, what's your new stout? What's your new porter? Oh, this is definitely the time of year where stouts and porters for the breweries that don't do them year round that still keep them as a seasonal. Yeah. You know, their stouts and porters and things are coming out. And I am all about that. Mm-hmm. I need to just sit down and drink a brother tea. Yeah. And we actually were very lucky when we found this bottle of brother tea because we found it at a local liquor store and they were like running a fire sale on it. We happened to, well, we went in for the, the, the lottery, right? We went in for the bourbon or for the whiskey lottery and we got there early for some reason. Not like it was a line thing. We just, we just got there and we started walking around to kill time. And we saw this, this sad little cooler that had some of these large format bottles and it was like brother tea for five bucks a bottle something like five or six bucks a bottle i think it was like 8.99 but still for a large format bottle under ten dollars is ridiculous because they usually run about 20 to 25 plus so even for you know nine bucks a bottle yeah because i think the the chaminade was about 15 because i bought it in another six pack and I paid about 30 bucks total on the I know the six pack was was 1099 so I mean it 
they it was a deal and we were like how many of these can we buy at once and we bought, we bought five of them i think we bought all but two because we didn't want to be those people yeah we bought a lot but we left some just in case and we, we should have just bought them all well the, <laughs> well and then a couple of weeks later i was driving past that liquor store going to visit my my aunt and uncle and when i came back i was like should I stop in just to check? And you know, in two weeks, the bottles hadn't—I assumed the bottles hadn't moved because there were there were two left, and so I bought them both because they were they were sad and lonely. And you know, dear people of Saline County, drink Brother Thelonious. Yes. <laughs> so it's or a, don't because or don't. then I can find it. <laughs> so what do you think of the Soprasada? It's good. It's uh, brings out some sweetness. In the beer, but still, I'm still going for that cheddar as being my favorite. Yeah, it's been pairing. I mean, and we only really have one left. Um, the the macaron. Yeah, the coffee macarons. So I want to drink. I want to try this. If we can ever get some moose again with that moose dish, or with the lamb dish that my dad did. Yeah, because you were able to try that. Yeah, that was... I think that like big roasty hearty dish would go really well with this. I think as as, as hearty as that meatball is, it's not it's not as that big. I agree. I don't know if I can get any more moose. Um, Kevin McMahon, if you happen to be listening and you got your moose this year, hook a girl up. Mm-hmm. I'm just putting it in the universe. You know what we didn't do. Cheers. We didn't. Cheers. That's really weird for us. Yeah, so we're, we're going to go ahead and do it now. So cheers. We're usually really good about that. Yeah. But um, Kevin, I don't I don't know you, but if you ha- listen to the show, and if not, Jordan will send him a little clip that we're getting called out. We would love to assist you with some of your moose. And if you want to do a trade, if you want us to come up there and we'll cook the moose and bring beer or you buy the beer however you want to do it we'll we'll make this happen i'm i'm sure i can load up some microphones if we <laughs> if, if we need to or at least one i just think I, I think this would go really well with that just kind of roasted stewed or the uh, short ribs what about poutine i you know i love poutine that is my weakness in life but this but this beer with poutine okay so i oh it'd be lights out Okay, so I have a lot of weaknesses in life, and 99.9% of them are food-related. Yeah, they are. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive into this macaron. It's so beautiful. Yeah, these are a Whole Foods buy, too. It's a, Whole Foods has a really good bakery, guys. If you don't know about it, like they actually do really, really well at their baked goods. And you can buy really good bread there. And that's one of the reasons I love them, because they have bread late in the day. Yo. <laughs> that's so good i'm not a huge coffee and dessert fan but the flavor of that is almost like a cappuccino or a cafe au lait yeah and i'm not a huge sweet fan in general but that macaron is just lightly sweet and you get more of like the coffee yeah is your forefront with a little bit of sweetness so it's just it's beautiful and I guess now I should take a sip of beer to see how beautiful it's going to be with the beer. You really should. You really, really should. It brings out the maltiness. Yeah. Like that 
rich, deep, malty, earthiness. This is like what I would expect if a barrel room was underneath a coffee roastery. Because you get like that nice little roasty coffee smell and flavor that kind of permeates through, but you don't get the bitterness of coffee. And then you get that sweet, malty, old, musty. I keep saying musty, and people are going to be like, I don't want to fucking drink a musty beer. It's like, but it's not musty. It's it's not. It's just, I, I mean, that's, as somebody who loves that, that's what it reminds it's me of. It's musk, not musk. Must. That's That's a, maybe a better way to put it. It's It's got a lot of musk to it. That makes it sound better. Yeah. At least in my brain. <laughs> yeah, it's musky, not musty. There you go. I'm trying Watch my plosives if I say that <laughs> as I emphasize a k and a t into a microphone. <laughs> Penny, Pam. <laughs> Speaking of plosives, and if you're Maisel fans, you'll you'll get that reference. This is just Jordan and I riffing now. <laughs> so, like we said, this is the Brother Thelonious. They sell this beer in four packs. They don't just sell it in the 750 bottle like we have. Uh, I would always suggest getting a, a beer like this in a 750. I think it's special enough to to warrant a bigger bottle. If you're worried about finishing it, get yourself a good champagne cap. Because the champagne cappers, if you don't finish a bottle, will fit on this. And will actually cover it. Um, these aren't hugely carbonated either. No. But they're thick enough that the carbonation doesn't dissipate quickly. So if you're thinking, okay, I'm going to open this at dinner and I may drink on it the rest of the night, you'll be fine. Don't worry. If you have a champagne capper, don't worry about putting it back on. It'll be okay. But if you're going to leave it overnight and come back the next day, I would definitely put some sort of wine stopper, champagne. I say champagne cap just because of it pushing out. But a wine stopper would be fine in it as well. Yeah, because it's not super carbonated. Yeah. And like always with these beers, we're drinking them out of like short chalices, basically. Brother Thelonious, they don't really have their like a standard Brother Thelonious glass. They do have a kind of fluted, more fluted Belgian style glass that North Face shows on their website. Unlike like Chime A and Belgian places that have a standard glass. And I'm very surprised. My dad does not have a Chime A glass. Or if he does, I don't know where it is. <laughs> I don't have one either because when they would do the chime glass night at Saucer, I seem to always miss it. It would be like a night I was working late or had plans. They also back back in that day would go quickly. Yeah. Because that was big, big before everybody did glasses. Right. And so I would come in like the next day to get my glass and they'd be gone. Yeah. Oh, well. So... What was your favorite pairing with that beer before we switch over to the Chimonet? So, I'm actually torn between the macaron and the cheese. Oh, okay. The other ones were all good, except mm. the goat cheese, in my opinion. That the goat cheese good. just was not good. But I really don't know if it was the cheese or the macaron. They're both right up there because they were both so good and brought something different out in the beer. Okay. And I think they just played well. Yeah. These type of beers can definitely be aperitifs or digestivos. And that's kind of how I, with what we have, that's kind of how I would look at it. 
You know, if I've got like a chili or a rich stew, something like that, I may want to drink it more at dinner. But from what we've had so far, it seems like it's gone really well at the first up. And I think, I think it's the, the mac for me, it's the macaron. And also just probably because I have a sweet tooth. <laughs> and it could just be that I love cheese. True. I love cheese too, but you know, I, I also love, love sweet stuff. All right, so we're going to switch over to the Chimonet Blue or the Chimonet Grand Reserve. So Chimonet is an actual Trappist brewery, which means, do you remember? The Trappist monks. Yeah, very good. It's, it's brewed by monks and Trappist monks. And looking into their stuff, they have, you know, they follow the three main principles of Trappist brewing, which means it's made in the abbey in an abbey or in like the immediate surrounding areas of an abbey. Most of the time nowadays, larger facilities, larger abbeys have, don't just have the church, the original church and like the, the housing anymore. They've expanded to kind of what they call the immediate environment. So very, very close by they, the production is supervised by monks. It doesn't say only monks do it, but it's definitely, the monks are standing there as the Catholic nuns would with their rulers, making sure <laughs> making sure everything's done correctly. That was my worst nightmare. My parents used to threaten me that if I didn't behave, they'd send me to Catholic school. I'm not Catholic, but that was the threat. <laughs> and it was a threat to you. And then a majority of the profits that they make from this actually go back to charitable work. They'll do, you know... Obviously, they're going to recoup their costs. They're going to keep a little bit, but they give most of it away, which I think, which is another reason I love drinking these type of beers. They're they're always very, it's not about them. It's about the work that they do, which, you know, I've never thought about going to be a monk, literally, but I was like, if I were to go to it, I would probably go to the Cistercian order if I didn't go to like the Franciscan order because I love St. Francis of Assisi. But it'd probably be some sort of Cistercian order to learn brewing or winemaking or something like that. Because, you know, as as a lot of them say when they talk about it, God is in the work. And so they focus on that and that's how they give back. But cool thing about Charmaday is they don't only make beer. They actually make cheese, too. Yep. And, of course, we can't – I mean, we can't get it here. But it'd be really cool to figure out if we could, how how to – if someone out in the world that's listening wants to ship some cheese, send me a message. I'll send you an address. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll let you know where to send it and what to label it. Yes. So let's give this one a cheers properly. And let's get into this. Good eye contact. Oh, man. <laughs> this has that tropical, caramel, big, big notes, like banana nut bread. Oh, man. that's That, that smells so good. Like, this is what, I mean, this is a trap of sale. Like, going at this one blind, you could definitely, this is not a new world beer. This nope. beer has been made for a long time. And they were saying, like, you know, Chimonet has almost 130-year history when it comes to making beer. So what are you smelling over there? Tropical, a little bit of spice. Some earthiness, but not nearly as earthy as the Brother Thelonious. Yeah. You know, I'm not getting like a a barrel room or 
it's just it's just got a nice light earthiness and i don't get any caramel but that could change you know with the food too yeah and i definitely kind of get that it's like it's very it's not musky or musty it's more just out in the open it's got caramel it's it it breathes easy alcohol's not prevalent at all and it is another one that's up there in their alcohol content it is nine percent so nine percent alcohol so we're talking you know less than a half percent difference but you it's definitely not as prevalent in this one neither of these beers drink like they should be nine percent plus but this one drinks even easier than the Brother Thelonious. And the Brother Thelonious drinks very easy. It doesn't drink like a big, bold, high alcohol, in-your-face beer. Yeah, definitely. So have you had a chance to try any of the food with it yet? Um, I had a bite of the meatball. I'm about to have another little bite here. Man, that beer is, is so delicious and rich. Like, it, it's coating, but it's light on the palate. It's almost like a conundrum. This is my first time actually drinking Chimene Grand Reserve. But it's it's delicious. It it it's light on your palate, but very full flavored. You get the rich malty notes without any kind of extra earth or any really heavy sweetness. I think it's really 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 good. And I'm gonna go in for some food now. So I actually like the meatball better with this. Okay. I, I think it's because this drinks a little bit lighter than the Brother Thelonious. Okay. So the meatball is a little more prevalent. Okay. In the flavor than it was with the Brother Thelonious. Oh, yeah. It definitely works that the big, the earthiness of the beef and the the red sauce and the basil all play a lot, like you said, all play a lot better with this because it's not like fighting anything. It's not really fighting any any type of, of flavors that are going on in the beer. It actually works really, really well with it. It kind of reminds me of having a good red wine with it because you have some of those light earthy flavors that kind of match with it whereas the red wine matches with the sauce this matches with the beef yes i think it's really good what do you think of had a bite of the mashed potatoes um i have not actually drank beer i will say one thing about these mashed potatoes and they are delicious but be careful if you buy the garlic mashed potatoes from whole foods because they leave whole garlic cloves in there yeah, um, I, I've seen you pick out a couple, I and I just found one. Two whole garlic cloves and half of another so far in my single scoop of mashed potatoes. <laughs> so, just just a word to the wise, unless you just want that really rich garlic flavor. Right. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say this. This goes really well, and I think this beer would go well with any Italian food you put in front of it. The Earthy, the light earthiness that Italian food brings, plus the high acidity, just works in fantastic harmony with this beer. Yeah, I want some like chicken piccata with us. Yeah, like or, it just. I want lasagna. I want lasagna with this beer. I'm not making lasagna I tonight. I know you're not going to make <laughs> lasagna tonight because it wouldn't be ready until midnight at this point. But I, I say saying that it just has that. A light earthy balance, but it matches the the bottom note. So if we talk about like jazz with the with the Brother Thelonious, like the Brother Thelonious is a a pretty big combo band. You know, it's got a lot going on. 
you know, we've got trumpets, trombones, keys, upright bass, drums. Like there's there's a lot going on and it works in harmony really well. But this chimene is more like a great trio. You know, you've got your you've got your drums, you've got your upright bass, and you've got your melody producer, whether it's guitar, a trumpet, it just or saxophone. It's it's just got that where it just and it vibes so it's it vibes so well with this food. I am extremely surprised. Yeah. I um, thought it I thought this was gonna go better with the with the brother T. So did I, and so I'm shocked as well. And I agree on the pretty much any Italian food I think that you put with this beer would just be mm-hmm. a beautiful, beautiful merriment of food and drink. And isn't that what it's all about? Yeah. <laughs> that is. That's as they say in the hokey pokey. That's what it's all about. <laughs> so have have you ever had this beer before? I actually have not. Um, I've had a couple of the other versions that they do, but I've never had the blue yeah. or the Grand Reserve. Yeah, around here they they just get called by the colors. Yeah, of the label. Welcome to the South, yo. So Chimene Blue, the Chimene Grand Reserve, like we've talked about, it is a an authentic trappist ale and in its history it actually was brewed as a christmas beer beer to be drank around christmas i could see that though because you get i said spice earlier and i've been trying to place it and it's it's like a very light mulling spice okay yeah it's not straight up like apple cider or what you think of that but Mm -hmm. there's there's kind of that like cinnamon cardamom clove but yeah. it's very, very light. So I could I could see it definitely being a Christmas beer or a holiday yeah. style ale. Yeah, it's not like that Sherman Reserve spice rum that we drank, which was, you know, mulling spices and rum, which was so good. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> but it it does have those light hints of it, but it plays so well with everything else going on. And it goes really, really well with the prosciutto. Oh, my God. Like, we just, you know, we talked about how it goes well with Italian food. And it just, it hits that earthy undertone that's missing. The sweetness plays well with the saltiness and that light sweetness of the prosciutto. Wow, man. Can you imagine this with duck prosciutto? Ugh. Whoo! So good. Ham, bring it on. <laughs> I have to go. I think I'm going to. Everybody drink. <laughs> so I'm gonna go this week when when I go look for steaks. If I go look for steaks, because he said he might be making, I, I might have talked him into making some. Maybe, maybe, maybe duck ham and or duck prosciutto and scotch and steak. Sounds good to me. And potatoes. Sounds good to me. So you've never had this beer, but you've had other chimene beers in your memory. How does this one stack up to some of the other chimene beers? I know it's probably been. A while since you drank. It's it's been a while. It's been a couple of years, so I don't want to say too much because I'm sure there's somebody out there listening that's going to be this girl is crazy. But this to me is smoother, and maybe it's because it's okay. the Grain Reserve, and I know how levels and classifications work. But it's just it's so smooth. It's so beautifully balanced, and not that the others aren't. But to me, this just has that extra. Yeah, you can tell, you know, now knowing that it was made as a Christmas beer, you can tell that it was a special 
Like it was something that was different than their normal ones. You know, I kind of want to drink this with against St. Bernard's Christmas Ale, which is super delicious. Mm, never so had good. It. But also Sierra Nevada's Christmas. That's a good one as Christmas well. Christmas Ale that they do. I think it'd be interesting. Maybe around Christmas time, we'll just have to do like a Christmas beer extravaganza. Well, and one thing that would be a fun future episode would be to get several of the Chimate mm. and yeah. just compare them and talk about their differences and nuances and obviously throw in some food because food. Or drunk. That too. But, <laughs> food or drunk. <laughs> but to actually, from the same brewery, take some of their different versions, levels, whatever you want to call them. Right. Don't do a rival brewery or another brewery. Just stick with one brewery, but take that concept. Yeah, it would be. Especially especially if you can find like all large format stuff. Mm-hmm. Or just do like a single Trappist right. ale. I wish we had any kind of relationship with the the guys out in. It's just past Clarksville. They have the boarding school. It's the, oh. the Abbey. Um, Subiaco. Yes, Subiaco. I might have an in. You might have an in because they're actually doing Trappist beer there because they're they have they're a group of Cistercian monks. We'll have to. We may have to. We may have to play with that because it would be really cool to do a to do an interview with an actual a Trappist brewer, and they're the closest we got because I think after that we either have to go to New York or. Arizona. I don't know if we could get an interview with a brewer, but I might have an in to actually get some beer. Okay. Um, remind me to make a call. Well, uh, we'll have to. There. So uh, coming up soon on Acquired Tastings, there is a possibility of American Trappist beer. I know from Arkansas. Anyway, so I think it's going to be lots of. That's going to be. That's going to be really good if we can do that. Because I think, I think it'd be cool just to see it, what it's like in America. Because there, there are very few in America. I think there's three, three or four. I'm not sure if they're like certified Trappist. Right. But I know it is the monks that are doing But they're following the, the style and it's the monks that are doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm no, not a monk, but I know a guy that might be able to hook us up. Cool. So, you had the cheddar yet? Yeah, but I started talking about that, so I need another piece before I take the sip of beer. <laughs> oh, darn. You have to eat more cheese. That cheese is just so good. That cheese might be the new goat cheese. <laughs> like, seriously. And it was not that expensive. The only thing is, if you know of having a Sam's Club or a Costco. Right. Everything, you know, you can't just buy a half pound or a quarter pound. You buy like a pound and a half. Right, it, but it's it's totally worth it. And, and it, it wasn't that expensive, but you you always get a large block. Yeah, man, man, that's really good. That's really really good with a chimney. See, I'm not a fan of that, which is weird. What is it that you don't like? To me, I got something like bitter and acidic. Okay, and it, I I I totally agree with that, but that's what I was missing. Like, I want that little extra acidic bite 
I think it's the bitter that's throwing me off. Sorry right. to cut you off, but because I, I usually like that acidic, but I'm going to try it again. Third time's charm. To Maybe it'll be something different. To me, that like that that acidity and that bitterness wash the palate and kind of clean it, clean it for a new try. Like it's not the best thing ever, but it adds an extra dimension to what's going on and gives it something fresh. Now, I like I wouldn't only eat that and drink this beer. Like if it was part of a charcuterie board, it would be part of my cycle of eating the charcuterie board because I do have cycles when it comes to charcuterie board. So I definitely have a cycle when I eat a charcuterie board because I like like the way things play. And that would definitely be a part of it because it does allow for like a refreshing to me of the of the palate. But I, I, I get why you may not like it. So it's now time for some goat cheese because goat, goat cheese, cheese. That would be four drinks. <laughs> if Dave did it. <laughs> Dave would be so drunk. <laughs> oh, poor sweet Dave. And especially if we decided to mess with him for a podcast why are you putting the all my ideas out on the air on a podcast he actually listens to because you wait two or three episodes and dave won't remember just wait until around christmas between christmas and years like hey dave let's play the drinking game <laughs> 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 oh man ah, that's good goat cheese really sour yeah it's definitely got that it's a pucker. It's a puckery one. It's a very puckery one, and I like that way better than I like the cheddar. And see, I don't like. To me, both things die when I drink that. To each their own, but you're wrong. I I, I know, and I'm wrong often. But let us know who you agree with, and it'll always be Joyce. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, to me, it just kind of washes out in the palate. It doesn't play any well. Like the goat cheese coats, this beer washes it away. Kind of like, you know. I can see that, though, for sure. Like a good summer rain just washes all the heat away. I'm so glad we got rain last night. Because rather than being 80 degrees, the high was like, or 85 degrees, the high was like 72, which for us is a big deal. (laughs) So a little bit more about this beer while Jordan gets into some Sobersada and maybe even the macaron. So this beer is 9%, like we've talked about, and it comes in all sorts of formats. And this is one of the things I love about like Travis Breweries is they'll do things from kegs to 33 centiliters, which is a short bottle for us. So then they'll do the 750s. They make this beer all the way up to a six liter, a double magnum. I want it. <laughs> I, I know you do. And can, we'd have to have a great party for that because, I mean, you and I might be able to go through it, but it would be hell the next day. That's a two-day process. That's when the champagne cap comes into play. <laughs> Very true. We just, we'd just we also need a cooler that's big enough. But that cooler's not big enough. Well, maybe the backpack cooler might be tall enough. You don't think the Yeti... Uh, not for a double magnum. Like a magnum would fit. But I don't think it standing up. I don't want to fall on over with a champagne cap. Right now, and that's what I'm thinking. But if you drink roughly a mag, even though the top would stick out, if you pack enough ice in there, 
Yeah. It would stay cold. And even That's if true. you couldn't zip up the top of the cooler, it would probably work. That's true. It would. It would if and I wasn't thinking to leave the cooler open. I was thinking like to be fully to be fully. But I mean closed. if we're gonna drink it the next day, um, those coolers are insulated well enough and even if a lot of the ice melts, the water will stay cold enough that until the next day it would be fine. Yeah. So what do you think about either of these beers? So last time we had a beer podcast we talked about tailgate surprises. What do you think about either of these beers being like in that special tailgate cooler? Oh yeah. You think with the roasted meat and all that kind of stuff we talking about would be good? I do. I really do. The only thing is, and this is just me, is these beers are meant to be drank out of a real glass. Mm-hmm. And not many people are going to bring a real glass to a tailgate. And I get that. People get little bit crazy at tailgates and you don't want that broken glass and some tailgates especially if you're in like a designated tailgating area don't allow real glass and can get you thrown out with fines and it's to me this is a beer that you don't put in a plastic cup so if you're going to buy the smaller bottles because i know that like brother t does come in a four pack chimene does come in smaller bottles that if you're going to do that, definitely get the smaller bottles so that you can drink straight from the bottle. But right. I don't think it'd be quite as good straight from the bottle. So what do you think about like, since these are kind of like wine glass style glasses that, you know, they kind of drink out of. What do you think about like a disposable wine glass? Like a plastic stemless, something like that. I think it would do in a pinch, but there's just something about... Real glass. Something about the heft of the glass. Yeah, yeah. I, I get it. And having that, even though it's a very short stem, having that little bit of right stem, because I tend to put it between two fingers and kind of hold it like a brandy snifter. Yeah. But in a pinch, yes, a like plastic wine glass or something of that nature would work. Yeah, and I kind of agree with you. While it may go with the food, it may not go with the atmosphere. Because we are also talking about 9%, which these are sneaky 9%. And if you're tailgating at 6 in the morning, like obviously you may not drink this at 6 in the morning and your beer in the morning. But when you get there, you may have already been 3 or 4 or 6, 6% beers in. <laughs> so these will put you over that. These could put you over the edge real quick. There's definitely not kegs and eggs material. I could do a whole podcast on just my college experiences, but we won't go there. We need to get Jessica to come down. And one one day, I'm going to sit here and ask questions and just let you and Jessica go <laughs> for, for a podcast. It may be a three-hour podcast, but I think that would be really fun. <laughs> get Jessica and April on the same podcast. Jessica and April don't know each other, though. I know. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> but can you imagine? Actually, no, because April really was never there for my wild child stage. Like, we were friends, but I was in Montana. She was in, she was at Millsaps. Yeah. And so she never really got to, like, firsthand experience. Wild, Jordan. Well, so I just poured myself a little bit more 
And it's time for you to try the chocolate macaron. Because the sobrasada was good, but we knew it was Italian. It's kind well, of and also just how much fat is in that. Yeah. Sausage, like the sweetness of the fat, goes really, really well mm-hmm. with this beer. Yeah, it does. So something on the Terminate website, which I think is really cool, is they have like a, a beer wheel. Like a like kind of like the whiskey star. Spin that wheel. <laughs> Pretty much. Thanks, Marshall. But it has it's just got some interesting things that I've never thought about when it comes to beer. They it has bread, chocolate, hop, sugar, alcohol, barley, bitterness, acidity, spices, fruits, flowers, and caramel, and toast. And I mean, I may have to look into that as like a tasting wheel for beer because it's actually it's pretty in depth. Yeah. Some some toast would be lovely with a lot of not just these beers. I think it would go really well with both of these, but just a buttered toast. Right. Not no jam, marmalade, nothing like that. Just a plain like a good bread that's toasted with a little bit of butter on it. Right. Would be so delicious. Yeah. Uh, and you know, kind of the, the highest the highest point of this beer in that's like shape is caramel. Caramel and alcohol are its two highlights, and then barley and sugar are kind of the next ones. And I, I totally agree with that. Like, you get that good malty sweetness. When we talk about malty, we're talking about barley. So what what did you think about the macaron? That's good. I'm going in for a second pour. <laughs> going in for a second pour. I think it was really good. It wasn't as good as the Brother T. No. I will say. But it was it was definitely good. The beer kind of showcases itself. The, the macaron showcases just... You know, at a level three. And I could be wrong, but I think where you get such a good showcase of the macaron, the macaron on this one is that it's a coffee macaron. Yeah. I think, not saying all macarons, but I think a lot of other flavors that they're typically made in mm-hmm. wouldn't showcase as well, but the coffee is so incredibly distinct Yeah, with this cookie that it shows... A lot better just because it's got that strong, intense flavor where a lot of other macarons I've had have flavor. They're delicious. I love them. Yeah. But they're not as intense. Yeah. I almost pulled the salted salted caramel one, but I knew that I had a feeling like this is just going to be too much caramel on caramel. It could be too much sweet on sweet. I wanted that like bitterness of the coffee. I mean, I, I didn't pull my favorite of theirs, the lavender. Because I knew that was going to be terrible with both of these, but but I I think this co- the coffee one was a was a good choice because it has that little bit of extra bitterness. I I thought about pulling the pistachio one, but I'm not a huge pistachio and dessert fan, or nuts and dessert at all in general. I love pistachios. I'm not a huge pistachio and dessert fan. I am different, though, because I do love nuts and dessert, just not really pistachios. But right. I would be curious at some point if we ever have these two bottles again, yeah. even not podcasting, but to just drinking. buy a pistachio macaron or two and just give it a try because I am curious to see how those would play because of the earthiness and the nuttiness, which both these beers have to see if it's going to just wash out or if it's going to intensify something. Yeah, it'd be also interesting to see the difference between this coffee macaron and like a coffee ice cream. Yeah. Or like a granita, something like that. To The coffee and cream ice cream from Loblolly. 
Yeah. Or even like an avocado where you got a shot of espresso with the vanilla ice cream. Mm-hmm. I wonder kind of how that stuff would play. Well, these are, this was great. Okay, so favorite on plate with Charmaine? You know, I think I'm going to have to actually go the meatball. Okay. You know, it just, the beef intensified, the beer was delicious. I really think that was my favorite. Yeah. Uh, and I agree with you, but I'm going to go, like, I'm, I'm going to paint a broader swath. Okay. The Italian stuff we had on the plate. Like, everything Italian went so well with this beer. It was super surprising. And I think because of that, this is a mussels beer. Like, mussels and frites. I think, like, an herb mussels and frites would go really, really well with this beer. This is a sea. I also think this could be a seafood beer, too. Because the sweetness and the acidity and the kind of light earthiness that you get with seafood, I think, would go really, really well. I agree. Well, this was really good. And I think it's time for you to do that thing that you do so well. And it's time to blind me. So we'll get it poured up. Well, so this beer that Jordan has poured up for me is the like exact opposite color of the beers that we've been drinking. So this is going to be a fun one to drink through. So this beer is very pale yellow. It's cloudy, so I would guess it's some sort of like unfiltered beer, but it's, you know, it's really like yellowy, kind of golden. I mean, it makes me want to sneeze. It reminds me of, you know, ragweed when it's <laughs> when it's growing. Oh, but the smell is like lemon and honey and wheat. It's almost like if you had like a honey oat bread with some like lemon curd on it. It's kind of yeast. It's kind of has that like yeasty kind of smell to it. Not gonna lie, I poured myself some while he's blinding. Of course you did, because why not? But yeah, it definitely has the, like lemon, yeast, light spice. We're not talking basin, baking spices. It's what I would expect like green cardamom to be, because I don't really know that. I don't really know that flavor. But when I hear it described, almost like some light thyme, but it's way, way way back there uh, but it's definitely definitely driven by that like lemony wheat, lemony yeast honey wheat kind of flavor oh and it's fuller on the palate than i expected it's definitely like a piece of bread like it definitely has that like good not sourdough but like a good multi-grain or like an oat bread and it's still really lemony and very kind of i keep going back to like lemon and honey and like lemon curd it reminds me of just a really good lemon curd or a, um, if you could ever make it, but because I, I don't think you could, like a lemon crumble. Like you have that kind of like reform pie with citrus in the middle with like oat, like the oat kind of crusty topping. I think I just put that, I think I just put the lemon curd in a jar and then put that like crumble on top. But anyway, <laughs> now we're going down food route. That's kind of what it tastes like at the beginning. Back to the beer, Josh. I'm going, I'm going. Mm. Yeah, but it's really rich on the palate. I would definitely have to guess that this beer is not really filtered at all. Because you get that kind of yeast flavor. It's coming out of the can, which is because I heard the I heard the crack of the can when she when she opened it. Sorry, I just go into the other room. Yeah. I mean it's it's not like she goes outside to pour it. But 
Anyway, it tastes, uh, it doesn't quite taste like a Sasan. Like it, it's a little too full for it. And with some of those spices, it doesn't quite feel like that. This is definitely a like grain driven beer, but it's more of a wheat, definitely like a wheat driven beer. Um, with it being like unkind of like filtered in that, it's hard to say whether it's going to come from like Germany or somewhere in America. Having all that, God, this, this is a, this is whatever this is, it's stupid good. It's fantastic. Like, it's really, really good. But no hints. <laughs> no hints. It's delicious. It is lemony. It's bright. It has, like, that cardamom or the, um, like, caraway kind of flavor to it. It's light and herby. Um, it's not a Sasan because it's, it's got too much flavor going on. I'm going to say this is, like, a wit or a Belgian white or some kind of some kind of beer like that because it just it just has that like depth and body that I would expect from from those beers, especially since I think it's like unfiltered. So you, the wonderful listener who is amazing and has slogged through a two hour episode while Dad has been gone, bless you. We'll have to come back next week when Dad's actually gonna be here. He's actually on his way back from Italy right now as we record this. And he'll be back, and you'll have to. And he, Jordan's gonna write it up. She's writing it up right now, putting it in the envelope to give to Dad to to let me know what this beer is, and we'll find it out together next week on our podcast. I have one question before we sign off. Okay, go ahead. So and ask. you called it like a wit or a wheat beer or something yeah. of that nature. Old world, new world. <sighs> I want it. It tastes like it's from Europe. It does not taste like it's coming from outside of Europe. Okay. So I'm going to I'm going to say that it's coming from Europe, but I'm probably wrong. But if it's not from Europe, I'm going to drink more of this beer <laughs> whenever I can find it. All right. Well, that's one thing I'm going to include in my little write up and my sealed envelope is if it's old world or new world. So stay tuned. Come back next week. Yeah, so come back next week. Dad's going to be back. It is a liquor week, and we are doing Italian special liquors. And I think Dad is bringing these back from Italy. I'm going to be doing a, a an Italian grappa. Ooh. Oh, grappas. <laughs> We're going to have to have some big food when we, we're drinking some grappas or short pours. <laughs> One or the other or both. And Dad is doing... Uh, what he told me was Novino. So I'm not exactly sure what Novino is. I have a feeling it's probably an Italian Amaro. That's what we're going to be doing next week. It's going to be a really fun week. And this has so, been so much fun having you, you know, being on the podcast while dad's gone. And I really appreciate you taking the time because I know it is a lot of time to kind of sacrifice. But I, I want to let you know I really appreciate you being here. And helping me not just talk to myself and my listeners out there. But you've really made it a great time and I really appreciate oh, being here. Thanks for having me. It's always a fun time. Um, not only to just sit and drink and have a good conversation. But just, I mean, it's a fun time to get the chance to record. It's not something I do often, even though I'm on the phone all day, every day for my job. So, you know, just kind of a different pace to life. Yeah. Well, we really appreciate you coming on here. 
Remember, if you like what we're doing, give us a like, a star, a follow on your favorite podcast platform. We'd love to see your reviews, to know what you like, what you don't like about what we're doing. Give us some options for what to do next. We're coming into the holiday season, so we may be repeating some of the same kind of stuff we did last holiday season, but we'll definitely throw you out some new options for your for your holiday favorites and your holiday parties. Also, if you like what we're doing, remember to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We are obviously and always most active on Instagram. We are at Acquired Tasting on Instagram and Facebook. We are at Acquired Tasting on Twitter. And once again, I'm Josh Mills. I'm Jordan. Cheers. And we'll see you next time.